0: Welcome to the Accelerate Podcast, a podcast for high-performing current and aspiring female founders and CEOs across Africa, and for those who also have a passion for Africa. This is the place to learn about the critical success factors and best practices of some of the most amazing, high-performing female founders and CEOs, as we help you grow to be the best version of you achieve time and financial freedom whilst living a significant life. Thanks for tuning in to listen, I'm your host Nekam let's dive in. Welcome to this episode of Accelerate Podcast and I am delighted to have a very a dear friend, as I call her my sister as well, Enife Atobiloye. Enife Atobiloye is a managing partner of Human Leadership Resources. One of the leading human resources solution providers that covers Africa, and the regional head of Transsearch Middle East and Africa, which is a leading executive search and leadership development organization. She has over 25 years of international experience in executive search and human resources consulting. INIFE has gained wide proficiency and exposure in several executive roles, such as being managing consultant of Kimberly Ryan, a leading indigenous HR consulting firm in Africa, where she progressively builds a well-knit team and brand to international standards. She holds a master's degree in organizational performance from Cranfield University. She's certified in occupational testing, levels A and B, and is a certified global practitioner in human resources. She's a consultant with Stanford SEED program with strong leadership skills and competencies in human resources and organizational development. She has a proven track record in building startups and leading existing teams to deliver business value human resource solutions in the most relevant, efficient, and effective ways. Inifa is a mentor to various groups of young and aspiring HR professionals, and she does that through various platforms. She's also a Bible Teacher, on also various platforms, and if I'm delighted to have you on this podcast to share from your wealth of wisdom around human resources, executive search, uh, leadership coaching, and wherever our conversation takes us today. Mecca, thank you very much for having me. I am excited and. Um, Like you said, wherever the conversation takes us, (laughs) let's go. (laughs) Let's go, right. Okay, so I'd like to start from the wealth of your experience in terms of where you started from. Obviously, it's over 25 years and counting. What would you say are the top three highlights and the lowlights of having built a successful HR career? Essentially, your learning experiences. Thank you very much. That's a good question. Um. So let me start by saying that um, I've always been that person who, if I put my hands on something, I really want to do it well, okay? And uh, my career, if you look at my career, I actually started with um, some administration and then moved into marketing. I I was working with Halliburton then, and I used to manage the marketing aspects to an extent, just an extent. We're very young, going for trade shows, big events, you know. And so if you asked me then, that was the place to be. And then I had a new boss. I described him as a new pharaoh that didn't know Joseph. And he came and he just transferred me into HR. Actually, it was a big problem. It was, it was a prayer request, if you ask me. And I just did not want to go into HR, you know. So I was actually forced there, kicking. But once it happened, it became clear to me that this is it. And so at that point, I rolled up my sleeves. I just wanted to know where is the best place I could learn. So that's how I came into HR. And by the time I left um, Landmark, I then moved in with Kimberly Ryan, and it was a partnership. Again, but and at that point it became consulting because it's two things. Like I tell people, when you say you are I'm a, an IT consultant, you are actually saying that I am the expert in IT, very available to offer you solution and help and support as a consultant. So it's a two major functions, consulting and the subject matter expertise. And so consulting also i got into consulting not knowing much about consulting I'd, I'd only worked with international consultants by the time i got into consulting i absolutely did not and i remember scheduling a meeting with one of the top consulting firms then and um, with one of their partners and i said to him i'd like to spend some time just listening to you and he said "Oh, come over and then i went and i the first thing i asked him i said where is the bible where is the you know where is the seven? Where are the seven steps to successful consulting? And he said to me, he says, and he there's actually none. And he said, he says you would have to create your reading. And for me, it wasn't quite a good meeting at that point, you know, because I was looking for a few standards to work with, and of course I was very hungry. I bought books, the McKinsey way. Um, I bought so many consulting books, but I just really wanted to know, you know, exactly. But that single meeting, it was actually a major highlight for me because I took license at that meeting. And the license I took for that meeting is to freestyle. So I came out knowing that there are no boundaries, but then I then had to sit down and say, what are my irreducible minimums? I call them irreducible minimums. I absolutely can't go less than that. And this then was coming out of my personality, which I actually talked to my mentees about also. Now, listen, you must come to a point where you decide that, listen, if if I am a part of it, then it must work. If I put my hands on it, then it's only the best that will come out of it otherwise i'll excuse myself and then so that was one highlight and then over time even up till now we tell our clients and it's of the truth that not even when we do searches i could be searching for three ceos and all three will be three different searches no two searches are the same even if they are in the same industry or take a cfo for instance you would think it's all the same no and we also do not have the same approach every time it's completely contextually driven and to be honest all the, my successes some people say oh anything you you seem to know too much no 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 i don't know that much what i know is that everything depends on context and so i put my hands on the context to be able to prefer any solution and it is context that defines intelligence relativity to context if you're able to apply solutions that are relative and native to the context then you'll be a star okay sorry it, it means that yeah. even though that conversation you had where it was like look there is no code or so to speak there's no one set person for a particular rule for example right yes, and yes, even ma'am. though that was not what you were wanting to hear no I actually went for the seven step, And so it was, As at when I stood up from that meeting, it was not a great meeting. But as I went on, I realized that therein was my license to create and recreate, you know. It, it even affected how I hired. For a long time, I would say, listen, I don't want people with HR experience. Because I said, let them come in. We will learn together. Right. But what I want is someone who's fundamentally intelligent Passionate to learn and integrity, you know, so, and then he is he's, he's excited about HR. So passionate to learn HR, and to be honest, we have been able to spin out fantastic partnerships. Our employees with the workforce, we have a huge alumni, and that is thriving every day. I don't, I'm not sure I have one person that has worked with me that fought and we're not family, if you know what I mean, and so it's coming out of that so that's the the kickoff highlight, if you like it was it was that startup that I got that it was like the license to just go there and be yourself, and every solution I offer is native to that reality. The other thing is in the course, particularly of my um consulting career, I've had a lot of interesting experiences with regards to the test of integrity, you know. I'll give you an example. There was one bead we had put together, but it took a lot of time. And, you know, eventually we put it in together. We well, hadn't heard from them for a while. And then some guy shows up to my colleague and call, and my colleague called me and said, listen, that bead that you, we put together, if you are able to give me a certain percentage, I can actually spin it, you know. And, and it was exciting because we had worked hard for it. But then I, I asked him, I said, what does that mean for the whole big process? Oh, he says, we shouldn't worry. They will just wipe it off. And for me, that was it. It was a big bid. It was a lot of money, bigger than the kind of amount of monies we had made previously. But when I thought about it, all the sweat of everybody else who sat down through the night, putting their bids together, and you don't let it go through the process, what's my guarantee that i i will make any sense of even that business you know and 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 you know we had to let that go we have several examples like that and um, we've had cases where we have had to walk away from the business um, and for me one of the biggest ones was um and it leads me to the next highlight was just about when i was about to leave kimberly ryan i shared with somebody a very good friend very very good honest individual also. I said, listen, I'm leaving Kimberley Ryan and you know, and I'm going to be resigning and you know. And then it must have been the next week or the next two weeks, she called me and said, and if he, you say you're leaving Kimberley Ryan. I said, they say, okay, good. Would you be open to partnering with us? We are about to go into a major project and that project was to be change managers um, for Wemmer Bank then. If you remember the old Wemmer, you know. So Wema Bank is an Nigeria, a bank based in Nigeria for a non-Nigerian listeners. Yeah. So it was, It was, and just to put a little more context, um, Wema Bank was a really old bank, you know, traditional bank, and, you know, all the walls built, and, and a lot of change was required. So it was exciting for me, very exciting. And, you know, I jumped at it and said, oh, by all means, I'd like to be the change partner. That would be a good highlight. For me, you know. And then she goes, um, well, so I'm coming to you because you are leaving, right? And so this is not Kimberly Ryan. And I said, Oh yeah, by all means, I'm on my way out. My bags are packed. But you know, as soon as I dropped, I just got a divine instruction that anything for as long as you haven't resigned, this deal is not your deal. It's Kimberly Ryan's deal. And, you know, that was a major struggle for me. And at that point, I was thinking, I want this experience. I want to practice on my own. I want to have a good reference point, at least for change management. So at the end of the day, that single experience made me stay about 18 to 24 more months before I, I left, you know. And so the experience was great. And that experience itself is a highlight of its own because we then went in, rolled up our sleeves, we did so many things differently. We had a CEO who was very bent on being very native to his reality. So typical consulting, you would want to go in there, start with the strategy. And, you know, he came and said, no, listen, we want it in another way. You know, and he said to me, he said, listen, we can't afford all of this. Why don't we go in and pick and choose? It was a bit different for us, you know, but that in itself was a learning experience. It was one package in which I learned so much from the perspective of consulting. So, yeah. from consulting, I'm going to even you know, the integrity, and I believe that's what you're highlighting here. But you had to make that decision that, look, I would still do this as part of where I was working, and that delayed your start time of your own business, right? Even deciding what you want from the very beginning, as you said, your irreducible minimums. I guess your non-negotiables of who you are, and I believe that speaks to who you are, and I'm sure your clients know that. Those things that money can buy, but really talks about the values of the company and who you represent. So that may lead to my next question. As you look for, to fill roles, particularly very senior roles like CEOs, to what extent is integrity? Um, one of the criteria you look at, or is it not? well, um is it not? integrity is is a currency in almost all conversations, so the question of it not being doesn't quite exist. now, the question is, even if integrity is a, is a currency, how do we really play it? That's the thing. So we talk about if you look at all all corporate um um, navigational statements—they will tell you, "Oh, integrity is one of our core values," and all of that. But now, coming to your question, um, so do we look for integrity? Oh, certainly we do look for integrity. But then the question is, how do you find oh, integrity? How exactly? How <laughs> right. are you able to assess that? <laughs> at the point where you are high, where you are assessing at very high levels, there's so many things. First of all, it's even the integrity of um, being aligned with your own direction as a candidate, okay? So you take a an executive candidate and he he's high, he's interviewing for something. The first thing we also want to find out is to what extent is this just an interview and to what extent how does it even match match their own aspirations? So we we explore aspirations and ensure that the direction that the the, the organization is going is matching the aspiration of the individual. Because on its own, that's some integrity issue also there. Not in terms of them defaulting, but it's even just integrity is about living in clarity. That's what it is, right? So we also first start by establishing clarity. And then by the time we are clear that this is the way to go, we, we also play it out from our own perspective. We take it to the extent where we actually would even advise a, a candidate not to interview for this role. by the time we find out a little more. You know, so there have been cases where we've had a handshake after the discussion, and I'm saying, you know what, it looks good, they will pay you more, but this is not your job. This is going to be, I call it a career suicide. If you go this direction, the marriage is not going to be great. And then also in terms of checking integrity from our perspective, from our search processes, oh, we do so many things. And this is also for the executives out there that are listening to us. Um, One of the things we tell people today is that your your new CV is Google.com. So, I mean, you could do a fantastic CV, pay somebody to write your CV. The first thing I want to do for an executive, I want to check you in the news. I want to see what's happening to you in the news. I want to see what you're seeing. And it's okay if you're not saying so much. I also understand that some people are not that vocal. But if there's a controversy out there, I want to explore that a bit more. And then a lot of references happen at the very senior level searches. And so it may not even be a formal reference process. You could do, we we would typically do that, but just in addition, all kinds, I mean, it depends on, on the role that the person is coming to fill. And so you know who to talk to. So that's also, these are ways we use to check the integrity of what you are saying and exactly who you really are. So for an aspiring CEO then done really well as an executive head of a, a particular functional area and wants to move to a CEO would you then say in terms of oh, how important is having your voice or having something on social media when I say social media at least that you are you are searchable should one be intentional about having a strategy around that yeah so so here's how I look at it um I think the first thing that Every executive should think about is that we live in a village and there's a town square. You know, in the village, typically there will be a town square, like a, the French people call it "somville," the center of town where people hang out. Right? There's a town square. Today, social media, the LinkedIn, the Twitter, that's the town square. In the past, it was a little luxury for the young people to just make some noise not anymore recently i was putting in for a paper in an international conference in atd and one of the questions they asked me was to send them my linkedin profile i applied for a board position with um, icf and they wanted to see my linkedin profile and for me that's really big even the american embassy now they're asking you for all your linkedin all twitter and all of that they're asking you for those profiles Because that's where we live. So so it's important to think about it that way. And then secondly, um, if you're looking to grow in your career and you want to be appointed, you don't appoint yourself, remember. You get appointed. And your appointment is subject to the decisions of the people who appoint you. So if you have people who understand the position of the Times Square or the, the Market Square, you would actually have people going on, on the internet to look for you. So typically, we would do a long profile. I mean, we have licenses with LinkedIn, and we would do a complete map of the industry when we want to hire at CEO level or C-levels. And then you're looking for one C-somebody, and you don't even see him on LinkedIn. Or sometimes you see him, and you see two lines, you know those basic information. For me, it tells me a lot. It doesn't tell me that you're not intelligent, no. It actually tells me the extent to which you are in this age. And I'm looking for VUCA people, people who are current, who, are, who understand, who are reacting to the volatility, the uncertainty, and all the other see the ambiguity and the complexity of the world. And at the end of the day, demands for agility. And I'm thinking if you are agile enough, you would understand that the new market square is online. Absolutely. And so need you need to be on. there somehow and you need to be on. It's really a biggie. And then definitely you then should be intentional because even the young people are being told to be intentional these days about what they put out there, not to talk of you. I mean, you have to go out there with a message. You need to ask yourself, what do I want to be seen and known? What kind of references do I want to be associated with? And then go out there and create that story, if you like. Because if you don't, a story is being created. Your silence creates a story also. Wow, that's interesting. Powerful. Your silence creates a story. (laughs) Right. And Okay, so I believe this will be one tip for, um, because my next question is about, what would you say are the top three tips for a high-performing executive to prepare for the role at the top, which is a CEO, knowing that this podcast is really for high-performing female founders and um, CEOs, right? So C-level that wants to really get to the top. So beyond your presence in our digital space now, what would you say are the two areas? I think one of the big things, you know, there's something we say. We say what got you here may not necessarily take you there. So when you say high performance, and every time we talk about high performance, these are these growth, I cringe. Because very often there's a misconception that because I'm a high performer, they owe me to send me up the next time. But truth of the matter is you have to be prepared for that next place. Now, one of the things I find out is generally that high performer, if performance is not properly defined, and very often it isn't, is a star in her space but is not necessarily savvy enough about the general business one of the things that i think is really really critical for anybody who wants to move up there is to know the business beyond your business okay is so to by be able to CFO understand or a chief operation officer know the business beyond your right. functional role right well, I'm even talking, I'm assuming that at the CFO level, you already, you already hit, know yeah, 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 you already know. So I'm, ta- I'm, I'm talking from even mid-level, okay. you know, because I see this a lot where you see the mid-level person, she says, listen, I'm a high flyer, the, my ratings were great, I don't know why they didn't move And I'm like, what exactly does it take to succeed at that next level? And then by the time you go there, it's beyond what you know, it's now things that are communal, things that are corporately related, things that at the end of the day you must be able to speak to that would take care of business, not just your business. So to what extent are you conversant and active and contributing to things beyond beyond your deliverables? Okay? What would what be one tactical way? to begin to know your business, to begin to know the business uh, that you are in. First of all, show interest. And then secondly, be deliberate, going back to being deliberate. Now, one of the things I tell people who are aspiring to grow in their career, the first thing I I say is you need to want it. Why do you want to grow? I mean, why is it just the next nice thing, you know? You need to under-declare about exactly what impact you want to make. Okay. now, when you are clear about what it is you're aspiring to do, can we just step up and bring tomorrow into the room and kind of try to understand what exactly is it going to require for success at that level? Oh, if I want to be CEO, then I'm not going to be the finance manager or the CFO. That means I can relate to HR issues. That means I can relate to marketing issues or at the best, I can drive more than anything relates to people relationships such that i can drive people to perform and excel on all fronts right. okay so that's you see leadership the, skills then in the way you're now getting about leadership walk through it's it, about yeah. leadership because one of the things we tell people is that as you begin to grow your technical skills begin to reduce in value what then begins to get more value are your leadership skills. And that takes me to the next um the next thing. It's what um I think it was Carla Harris I was listening to and she called it relational currency. You know, I want to take it a bit, maybe step back a bit and then push into her point. First of all, your relationship with yourself is so critical because you can only be deliberate first with yourself, right? You need to be clear I mean, how does even becoming the CEO here align with your personal aspirations? Now, that single question assumes you have your clearly spelt out aspirations. If you don't, then that this is the time to ensure that you're even, you know, clear about it. Now, also your relationship with others. Kalahari, she talks about the fact that when you are not there, you will have anonymous sponsors, you know, who will speak up for you without you even knowing that, there was a conversation. Now, how about having sponsors that can speak up for you, even when we're not talking about board meetings, at even the lowest meetings, you understand? And so this is 360, you know? So you've got to be deliberate about how am I relating with people? So first of all, relating with the organization, which is being able to step out from of your space, understand what's going on in the big business. How does your organization make money don't say uh, it's just or or the finance person the cfo will tell you oh these are these other guys are overheads." it's myopic for you to think for instance as a cfo that hr is overhead and it's not because i'm hr i'm just saying because at some time you go to board meetings and you see people arguing from their point of view and they hold on to those positions so much and I'm thinking, how can you be the CEO? Because the CEO is sitting there and he's deliberating and trying to moderate all you guys. No, if you want to grow, you are able to be able to take out this cap, wear the next cap and see it from your point of view, have the conversations and be objective. Okay. And so we've talked about knowing the business relational right. currency, even though I've now right them from your brand, so to speak, out there, because they're yeah. set. Yeah. perhaps you have it, another one in terms of right. for preparing for the role at the, of, at the top. I would say executive presence, because one of the things that I've come to realize is I've actually seen a lot of people go through the door, sometimes not with a lot of content, but with a lot of presence. And, and what, what I normally say is Get the content, get the presence. And you'll be a bullet. Because the truth of the matter is that if you have the presence without the content, content right, you just get everything. into trouble eventually. Now, you know, the whole a lady is to be heard, a seen not to be heard. You know, I grew up, my mom was telling us that, you know, ladies are to be seen, not to be heard. I am still trying to get delivered from that. <laughs> right, and that's not. Even, it's not an unconscious way of doing things. Of No, I mean, it's the way yeah. of life. You yes. just, and, and for me, I just have prided myself over a long period of time saying, listen, when they experience you, they will know. And if they don't experience you well, maybe they were not supposed to. Hey. But they need to know you first to experience they need you, right? <laughs> to know. I, you know, it was not until I was having a conversation with someone and I was saying, this person is putting this thing out there in HR, and I'm saying this is wrong. And she says, "But why don't you speak about it? Because if you don't talk about it, nobody knows it's wrong. It's whoever speaks that is heard, you know. So we, we need to be deliberate about our presence. And so if you look at presence, generally, in you hear people talk about packaging. And when you think packaging, you're just thinking of the ribbon on the box. But I'm I'm speaking to packaging from the point of view of the total content, liquid content package. So not just liquid content only, the complete package, everything. So I think we ought to pay attention to exactly how we show. What would be three things in terms of unpacking executive presence? What would that mean? Okay. So I'd look at it as the external. And the internal. And I think the convergence of the external and the internal is what actually provides or presents you with gravitas. If you take one out, gravitas is, is depleted. Now, for the external, it's really how you show up physically. For instance, I'm that capri-pants, t-shirt person. But once I became a consultant in the environment where I work, immediately I had to start getting jackets suits and you know all of that because that's what works in my world and that's not me being somebody else it's me being relevant to my context therefore intelligent you remember what i said i said intelligence is i define intelligence by relativity to context if that's what it takes to win in the world i've decided to win in then you must yes then that's it it's either i want to win Oh, I don't want to. Now, you may get to a point where you decide that, listen, I want to change this. But why don't you get your voice first? Go in there, gain your voice, and then you can begin to make whatever changes. Then the other one is we need to develop ourselves. We need to continuously develop ourselves. We need to be deliberate about what goes in. We need to be deliberate about the collegial that we engage with and what it is you you are getting out of it. I mean, all those things we told our kids, the younger generation. When you don't go with bad friends and all of that, choose the right things too. And it may not be friends; it may be the books you are reading, it may be the podcasts and the webinars that you actually attend. It would be the groups that you get yourself involved in. The time to be deliberate. It is now there's, because there's so much out there. So much out there you know so you also need to be able to pick and choose and there's something i call the pu your personal universe where you actually sit down and say listen in the next 12 months starting with the end in mind this is what i need to ought to know and be able to speak confidently about and develop in and this is where i am now therefore this and this and this is what i need to do to be able to get to where I'm going, basic goal setting, you know, and then get accountability partners to work with you, to, you know, to go the journey with you. So just to continue people's and those listeners, what, you know, like references, what would you say? And I like to ask this question all the time. What are the three books that have impacted in the last 12 months? And it could go beyond that. But if you just kind of three books, so certainly going beyond that, because There's a book I read a long time ago, still read. I keep uh, recommending it. It's called The Empires of the Mind by Dennis Wakeley. It's a really good one. Eye-opening also. There's a book called Tomorrow Will Be Different. Will you? And so it ends with the question, will you? And it actually, it's particularly focused on people, issues, and culture, and the workplace, the organization, technology written by John Bodette. He's a management um, guru, if you ask me. And so he takes every chapter and talks about one thing. It's really, really brilliant. And then the last one is Becoming Like Jesus by Brother Gile Akoni, And um, we are, we're actually currently conducting a study on it. And we do, we do a study on it every Monday morning, Nigerian time. Yeah. So you're invited to get on that. Um, As I said, over 25 years, and some of the listeners like, I want to connect with any I need this. What are your platforms and what are you doing? I know you wear multiple hats, from being um, a mentor to um, aspiring young HR professionals to the young ladies, many other things, right? But now working professionally, how can you be contacted? I know you're a coach, so maybe you can speak around that. I am on LinkedIn, I'm on Twitter, not very active on Twitter, but very active on LinkedIn, and it's just anything two below it. Over time, I've actually had, there's been a job, work I've been doing on um, developing character, and it's really around developing self, just being able to come to a place where you're able to say, I know who I am, I know where I'm going, I know where I'm at. I know what I need to get to where I'm going. I know what my strengths are. I know what my weaknesses are, and I'm comfortable with me because I am on a journey. You know, so it's a lot of work we do around that. Um, currently, have a platform where we, it's, we we call it the HRIP Human Resources Immersion Program. It's completely free, but we describe it as free but not cheap because it's a 15-week program, very rigorous. Uh, We pre-qualify people to come in, to join, and um, we we train them on fundamental HR issues, basic HR practice, and then character. Those, Those are the three things. Career excellence, a basic fundamental HR, and character. Those are the three big items on the curriculum. And we only graduate those who actually finish the 15 weeks. We just finished the last four words. We're about to start the next one. And we've had um, almost 200 people right now. Yeah. So, like, for somebody who, for example, knows that they want to be, I want to be a CEO maybe in two years or three years, and I need, like, a career coach, back to the second program you talked about, can then somebody reach you to become coached by you? In terms of preparing myself, I know I have what it takes to do that, but I need to be coached by somebody who has that experience and glean from as a coach. Is that something you referred to in the second one? Yes, exactly. So one of the things I offer is career coaching. Um, yes, and, and it comes in different shades. I'm currently working with an individual, for instance, who is doing very well in his career, but it's just a, it's just a character shift that we're working on so to help him develop is already up there. So definitely um I am certified by the International Coaching Federation to coach. So yes, I offer coaching services here. I know our time is fast spent, but I just the question that I just came to my you talked about your client now who is a gentleman. Do you tend to find out that more men reach out to you who want to aspire into these CEO roles than we female folk who are intentional about Or no, it's not really. You don't see it that way. Yes. Let me answer the question from the point of overall. Do you think the male folks are more ready? More ready and more intentional about where they want to go to and do what it takes. For example, getting coached by you. Yes. So here's the thing. What I've come to find out is um, the male, they, they are definitely more ambitious. <laughs> of course, you should, I hate to use that word because it's so well, obvious. Well, we have to call what it what it is I mean. for us to know right. where gaps are, right? i right? say, you well, know what, yeah, I need to be more ambitious. So, yes. so much more confident, ambitious, deliberate, go-getting when it comes to moving to the next position. And they just some very high sense of entitlement. They just think and feel that, listen, this thing is for me and I want to get it. How do I get it? So, yes, I have those experiences. I very often for the ladies, so for me, what I see is if you take aspiration, aspiration, the men, they just tend to aspire without, even when they don't even qualify, you know, for them. And they they don't have content, much content, right? (laughs) Jonathan, I'm saying for them, I want it, yes. you know, and to be honest, you can't even fault them for wanting it. No, of course, so the not. question is, why don't you want it? Very often when it comes to really the content, you will find out that when you are able to engage the female folk to get interested and aspire, once they engage that aspiration and then they put themselves into it, you will be amazed how much content they carry. Just to answer your simple question, definitely the men come forward more. And sometimes you would even wonder, would you let me coach you as a lady? Oh, at that point, they don't even see. I mean, from my experience. So ladies, we need to step it up, right? And, um, definitely. and first of all, get more ambitious and then do what you need to do. You mentioned the word engage. Engage who is needed like a coach like you to be able to get to that next level. And this leads nicely to my last question which is final words to a middle-career person, this mid person could even be a head of a functional role, who now aspires, who has this, who's been nursing an ambition, but probably not doing anything about it. You know, when you're always young, oh, I want to be the CEO of this conglomerate or this, you know, what would you tell this person now? The first thing I would say is if there was a time where women should try to excel, not just excel, to try to lead, it is now. And I'll tell you why. Because of the climb in the clamor, I also see a lot of women misunderstanding this clamor. So I see people thinking, you know, saying that, oh, responding to it like a them against us. It's really not a them against us. It's an us trying to ensure that we realize the best of us. And just ensuring that nothing comes in the way of us. Not us ourselves, because sometimes we come in the way of us let's just first establish that it's not a fight we just want to be the best and you have it inside of you i've seen it so many times so often i see that the woman just has it but so often they just don't try they just don't. i've been in a training where you break them out into sessions and the lady will say god okay, come 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 and do it you are the man And so any difficult task in the breakout session, they say, you know what, you are the man, do it. Me, I'm tired. I say, don't do that. Don't do that. Okay? So the other thing is there has to be an agenda. You have to be deliberate and you have to have an agenda. Now, that agenda, it it wouldn't just drop on your lap. You would actually have to stop, press pause, and define that agenda and walk towards it. If there was a time you would win, it is also now because there are so many women programs here and there calling for help. I actually see this thing sliding soon. Very soon you will see women on top of almost all the businesses and we will begin to look for gender balance and it will tilt back to the men. I don't know how long that will take, but there is a huge opportunity. And so if you are aspiring just in the air stop and be deliberate get a good coach and let your coach know what it is you're trying to achieve your coach should be able to help you walk the journey be clear about what exactly success looks like step back after that clarity and do an assessment of where you are there are loads of personality assessment tools out there that can help you do that you can also use a 360 at that point, to get multi multirators to just do an assessment of where you are for you and then map out action plans. A lot of you would determine whether you succeed. And that's where your self-leadership comes in. It has to be important to you and you have to be willing and ready to commit. You have to know what your irreducible minimums are and then commit to driving excellence. It's a commitment towards a plan. And it's, it's been deliberate to work out that plan. Wow. Thank this you. has been, I mean, Enife, this is just, I mean, even just this end part again. I know we're trying to pack uh, 30 years experience into less than an hour. But Enife, I'd like to thank you for your time of sharing from your wealth of wisdom um, and just being open. You are very open, very transparent. So thank you for that. Not everyone does that. I'm really glad that you did that. Thank you very much. You know how to reach Anifei. Her details will be shared in the show notes, so you can reach her directly through LinkedIn as well as her other websites, which we're going to post on the show notes. Thank you again for being a part of this conversation and Accelerate Podcast. Share this with your friends. Let's get more people to do this and really step up because, as you said, the opportunity is now. So while doing that endeavor to grow, to profit, and to make an impact. Until next episode, take good care. God bless. This concludes this episode of Accelerate. All the information links will be down in the show notes. If you have not done so already, hit that subscribe button on your podcast player of choice on Apple. This will make sure you don't miss any of the amazing content we have lined up and rolling out for you. If you love this episode, it would mean a lot if you would leave a 5-star rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts. Finally, if you haven't connected with me over on Instagram and you are interested in learning more about similar episodes and all that's happening before they even get announced publicly, let's make sure to connect over there at Accelerate or Neckamubi on Instagram. But with all that said, I appreciate you being here. I look forward to connecting with you over on Instagram. And until I see you in the next episode, endeavor to grow profit and make an impact.